here's a very short but a really fun thought that I had when me and Eden were co-preaching at a high school camp just a couple weeks ago. So this was a really fun event. Me and Eden had never co-preached before, and we got to co-preach a camp, and it was lovely. And it was so honoring to see Jesus use us and our story and the ways I've wrestled with public speaking recently and doing camps. And God was just faithful to free kids of addiction, to have them confessed and brought into discipleship uh, to people in their local church. It was just so cool. But I had a really unique experience with God. And I just think it's a fun little share of what what he might have taught me in a new image on Jesus's ministry. So you see Jesus all the time in the gospels, like retreat, right? So he does these charismatic movements, then he goes to the contemplative. That's language I'm stealing from John Mark Comer. And he does the he does charismatic things, right? Healing, preaching, teaching, discipleship, very active. And then he he pairs that with the contemplative. He goes into the quiet places, the lonely places, and he's still and this rhythm is a back and forth between filling himself up with the the quiet and moving to the busy to do ministry and moving back to the quiet. And you see this like a need for Jesus. And I I've understood it because I've thought it was a need in my heart. But I didn't realize how vital it is physically and emotionally. So think about this, okay? There's stories in the in the Gospels where Jesus is preaching, and then he sends the crowd away. He goes on the boat, and it's like the sea ha- the the storm happens on the sea, and he's sleeping in the boat. And you, I've often wondered when I see that, what the heck is Jesus doing? How can you be sleeping through a storm? But um. I had a really unique experience where I was preaching one night and I was feeling so exhausted. And this is my first time preaching by myself uh, on that camp. So we, me and Eden did the first two sermons together. Then I did one, Eden did one, then I finished. And so this is my, the third s- sermon of the series, my first one on my own. And I was, I was very anxious about it. I was, <laughs> I was going to do an altar call. I've never done an altar call before. I'm not a big fan of traditional altar calls for a couple of reasons. Um, and so I've been reworking how to do it well. And and I was just really anxious because like, what if kids don't respond? I'm going to look dumb. And I was wrestling with the father about that and asking him to take the ways that I'm being proud and all these different things, right? And uh, ultimately, I so, so I say all of that because the whole day I'm thinking and I'm feeling the weight of anxiety on me. I'm, I'm getting exhausted. I'm in a camp setting. And so I'm playing games with kids. It's just exhausting stuff. If you've been on a camp, you understand how exhausting it is. We get to about an hour before and I sit down for the, one of the first times in the day and I am capoodled, right? Like I am schnocked. I am like, whatever word you want to use, I'm tired, right? That's probably the best word. I am fatigued to the max. It's insane. And I'm just like, wow, I don't know if I can preach this sermon. And I just asked God that he would give his mercy and his grace, that I would speak words of life and words that are close to the whole, like close to the Holy Spirit and faithful to the scriptures to reveal Jesus and bring the kids to the father. So I'm asking the, 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 the Lord for this, and I am just so exhausted getting up there. We're worshiping, 
and the whole day, like three days in, I'm, I'm peak exhaustion. I get up and I preach and I felt like the fire of God at my bones as I was telling my testimony, telling of the ways of God, the way he wants to move the kids from death to life and, and offering them all of what new creation is offering them. And I, I give this deep moving sermon, right? Like I'm talking my mental, like trying to explain things intellectually for them about how God is life and how we move away from life and what that means for salvation and what that means in the world. But I'm also opening up emotionally, right? And I'm telling of my story and the ways I've been hurt and connecting with the kids and loving them. And I'm also thinking uh, spiritually here, right? You're not just preaching. John Mark Comer pointed this out one time. This is a big John Mark Comer podcast today. Uh, go read anything and everything he's made, man. I love his stuff. But John Mark Comer, I forget what podcast it is. He mentioned one time that you're not just preaching to um, the kids, right? You're preaching to the principalities and the powers of darkness in the world and calling them into alignment with what Jesus has done. So you're doing this like exhausting spiritual work of almost doing surgery, of re helping remove the worldview of Satan and hopefully lead them to a way of life and being discipled into the worldview of Jesus. So I am exhausted, but I preach that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, preach this sermon. And I go to, I, I leave off stage as the kids respond. And when I talk about like exhaustion, I could have fell on the floor and slept there. I was just like, so tired. And I just thought, I just got this image of Jesus in the Gospels, giving everything he has to tell them about what he has come to do, to tell the world, to preach faithfully. He's around people all the time, thinking about moments that are going to come up and the anxiety that's going to put on his body of public speaking. Like he's very much human. And knowing how people are going to react. Like when I know conflicts coming, the amount of anxiety I feel and the amount that affects my physical body is huge. And so he's got these things like pressing on him. He's around 12 immature teenage boys as disciples and he is parenting, but also discipling them as a rabbi living with them. He's in community with all these people and he gets up. I'm sure he's exhausted, like a camp all the time. I couldn't imagine doing that for three years, living on the road this way. And he gets up at times and he preaches so faithfully. And like, if I feel this as a teacher, 10 times, what is Jesus feeling connected to the heart of God? <laughs> like preaching God himself, telling about the world and the, how much hyper aware he is of all of the things intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, pouring himself out. Of course, he's like I could have fell asleep right there. I can't even imagine Jesus getting done with the day of ministry. Could have just like wiped out, just totally sleeping on the boat, like in the middle of a storm. It just made a lot of sense. And I wanted to share that small image of Jesus' ministry I got, that he's very much human. And we don't have a Savior that doesn't identify with our weaknesses. I'm sure he felt the temptation of power. Satan offered him that in the desert. But he didn't give in. He 
chose to go to the lonely places and not become addicted to the adrenaline rush of this. And he rested well. He knew that if he was going to continue with the charismatic, powerful ministry, then he needed to take care of himself in the solitude to get alone, to feel exhausted and not be dependent on what people are giving them, but be dependent on what the, what the father wants to supply to us. So like what I, I guess what I'm saying in the end of this is take after Jesus's ministry and sleep and get away and like, don't feel like you need to not rest. Like, it makes me nervous if pastors are more concerned about the stage than they are about being alone. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says in Life Together, the man who cannot be alone is a man to be worried about. But if the man, but the man who uh, cannot be in community is equally a, a, of a trouble. That you need to know how to be completely alone with God and content, and completely with people and content. And then you'll find a powerful mixture of a spiritual life that is oriented well towards the Father. So it's a unique image of Jesus' ministry. I would love to hear thoughts. If you've got my number and stuff, text me. Maybe you've never thought about Jesus' ministry in this way, or maybe this is uniquely human. Um, Yeah, it's just a fun little revelation. I was like, wow, I learned a new thing about my Savior.